There's nothing that sort of tickles the brain like curiosity and makes someone want to actually click a link. So the number one rule when it comes to project descriptions is to keep it simple. You have to put yourselves in the shoes of the other person and you have to communicate value that they care about. Appearance is reality. Hey everyone, welcome to PepsiCo's Unexpected Professor Podcast. I'm your host, John Palumbo. Um, now, we developed this, this podcast for all you college students out there who have probably heard about all those, those skills that you'll need when you get out into the workforce. Skills like promoting yourself, telling your personal story, even, even um, promoting and pitching your ideas. And the thing is, these aren't skills that they spend a lot of time teaching you in college. So, so when you start looking for help, especially if you, if you go out onto the web or what have you, you end up finding a lot of the same old tips and advice and strategies from very expected sources. And, and while that information is it's great to know and it's great to have, what PepsiCo wanted to do and we wanted to do here was help you in a different way. We don't want you to just learn from expected sources. We want you to learn from unexpected sources as well because tapping into unexpected sources is something that's done all the time at PepsiCo to, to learn skills, to infuse diversity of thought, to build innovative products, just to help everybody think differently. Um, and each episode of this podcast is going to give you the opportunity to experience that philosophy and that approach while helping you build those real-world skills that you, that you keep hearing about. Now, all that said, today's unexpected professor is crowdfunding expert Sal Brigman. What's up, Sal? Thanks for being here. What's up, John? Thanks for having me. Now, now, if you're wondering why a crowdfunding expert, well, when you consider all those skills that I mentioned earlier, promoting yourself, telling your personal story, even promoting and pitching your ideas, these are all elements that are essential to a successful crowdfunding campaign on sites like Kickstarter and Indiegogo and others. So we wanted to see what we could learn from Sal that maybe you could apply um, back to those skills that you need. Now, now in the way of a little bit of background, Sal is the author of a few books about crowdfunding, including Kickstarter Launch Formula, the crowdfunding handbook for startups, filmmakers, and independent creators. And that's gotten a lot of great reviews, so you should pick that up. He's also the founder of CrowdCrux. Um, and it, if you visit CrowdCrux.com, that website, I, I mean, th that is the ultimate site for anything you ever need to know about crowdfunding. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Sal a bunch of question ab questions about what goes into creating a successful crowdfunding campaign to find strategies that you can leverage when you go out into the workforce. Um, okay, Sal, so, so let's get started. So I think most of us have seen a crowdfunding campaign and know that one of the, the first things that you see when you land on a crowdfunding page are project titles or headlines which obviously need to grab the attention of potential funders and get them to click on the project to learn more. So they're really important. Now, interestingly, headlines are going to play a really important role in the lives of the students listening when they get out into, into the workforce or out into the real world because they're going to use headlines in everything from their LinkedIn profile, which is crucial to obviously getting the attention of everyone from potential employers to important connections. Um, they'll use headlines in their emails, once the, you know, ones that they might send 
for jobs that they want or, or even to their boss or coworkers. Um, they'll even need headlines to pitch their ideas. So, so that being said, maybe you could talk, you talk a little bit about project headlines in, in crowdfunding campaigns. So the, the perfect project title is going to do a few different things. The first thing is it's going to command attention. You have someone scrolling through on Kickstarter, Indiegogo, looking at tons of different projects. It's kind of like Amazon almost, and you have to catch their eye. Um, you have to have a bold promise, to something that's going to actually click that link and learn more about the crowdfunding campaign. So the first thing is the project title has to capture attention. And typically it does that by listing really cool features, maybe having a big promise, a result that this product is is going to have in your life um, could also just be asking a question, uh, but in some way you're capturing the, the person's attention. The other big thing that you're going to do with the title is you're going to back up basically this is big claim that you're making with listing out a few different features of the product, um, listing out some of the stuff that it can do or listing out some of the benefits. That's also going to be a great um, formula for a good title. And finally, making a promise that people know when they click this link that they're going to learn more about how you can support this big promise that you're making. And a big way that you do that is with evoking curiosity. Oh. There's nothing that sort of tickles the brain like curiosity and makes someone want to actually click a link and learn more about how that project works. Right. So a great example here. Um, number one, one of the one of the projects that I worked with recently on Indiegogo ended up raising $77,000. And the title for this campaign was Hupnos, Self-Learning Sleep Mask to Stop Snoring. His title did a few different things right. First of all, it includes the name of the product. That's always great for branding. Number two, it, it had what this actual product is used for. It's it's used to stop snoring. It is a sleep mask to stop snoring. So you already know a little bit about the promise, what this page is going to be about. And the third is it talks a little bit about the technology. It's a self-learning sleep mask. Mm. So you know that this is going to pair with an app or something like that, some other technology in order to um, you know make this this problem of snoring basically remedied in your life. Um, it really, a title can either make or break your campaign when it comes to crowdfunding. Yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot of good stuff there. So, I mean, as soon as you, I got to tell you, man, as soon as you talked about evoking curiosity, I like, I wrote that down immediately. Um, okay. So what I want to do is kind of make some, I want to see what we can take out of that to help college students out. So, so for those of you listening, you, you might not realize this, but I think you're going to realize it pretty quickly when you, you know, as you're kind of. And getting closer to graduation and getting out into the into the um, workforce, headlines are going to become a big part of your life. And like for example, and and there's you know you might not call them a headline. Like on LinkedIn, they actually call it a headline. On your profile, there is a section for a headline. But other things might not be called a headline, but they kind of are headlines, right? The sub you might be looking for a job. The subject letter, the subject line in the email that you send to a potential employer or recruiter that could be considered a headline. Right, you might have a headline on your resume. So headlines are relevant to you. And I think just like a crowdfunding campaign, sure, you could put in, you know, who you are and what you do, but I think you could also use this idea that Sal said is really effective, which is evoking curiosity. So so what do I mean by that? Basically, I think you could take something that you're really good at, something you excel at, and you could almost turn it into like a teaser. And that would kind of evoke this curiosity that we're talking about. So, so let's say you're interested in landing a marketing job when, you're, when you graduate. And you did, really, you, know, you did really well in your marketing classes. 
But on top of that, you have this unique ability, maybe, maybe to quickly understand new social media platforms. Right, that just happens to be one of your strengths, and and you're you know you're an early adopter of of, of social media, so you, you get on it really quick, and you're always you're the one who's always teaching everybody else how to use it, right? You might create a headline that not only you know mentions that you're a top marketing student, but you could also evoke curiosity by mentioning that hey, you know what, I have a way to quickly teach others how to use new technologies. I have to tell you something, a potential employer. Who, who, whose team struggles with adapting to new technologies might think, hmm, you know, I wonder, I wonder how he or she does that, right? So that would evoke that curiosity. So, um, so I think there's something you can learn from those headlines. All right, so let's move on to, um, you know, to the next question here. And uh, let's see here. All right, I have a bunch of questions in front of me. All right, let's, let's go to the description, Sal. All right, so... This is the kind of the about section of a crowdfunding campaign. Now, now this is this is the part. Basically, it, people who were drawn in by the headline can, you know, this is where they're going to learn more about the product or the service or the, you know, or the idea or the concept. Now, you know, even though we're focusing on a description for a crowdfunding campaign, once again, for those of you college students who are listening, I, I think you could actually take some inspiration from this. Since you're you're definitely going to need to use descriptions for lots of things. I mean, especially when it comes to um, you know telling your personal story, right? D- basically, describing yourself in all types of written communications with potential employers or recruiters or any even anybody you want to network with. So, Sal. That being said, what goes? What does it take? And what goes into um, creating just a really effective crowdfunding description? So the number one rule when it comes to project descriptions is to keep it simple. Keep it simple, convey what this product does, how people can use it, and what the result is. You don't need to get all sophisticated. It's a a very short amount of text, literally two sentences, maybe three. So you can't tell a full story in that bite-sized area. Um, All you want to do is keep it very plain, keep it simple, and convey what this product does. So to give you one example here, um, the the Hupnos campaign, which raised $77,000 on Indiegogo, their description was analyzes and gently corrects you or your partner's snoring patterns wake up feeling refreshed. It tells you what it does, right. it analyzes and gently corrects you your partner's snoring pens, and it tells you the result or the benefit or the experience that you can have when you buy this product, which is wake up feeling refreshed. Another great example, um, Posture Keeper. This project I worked on, they raised over $65,000 on Kickstarter. Their product description was only one sentence. It was look taller, more confident, Reduce neck and back pain and sleep like a baby. Yeah, tells, you <laughs> <laughs> tells you what it does. Tells you what it does. Tells you what it's used for and tells you the result, which is sleep like a baby. And I can't emphasize that more. Um, the importance of keeping things simple, and that's the basically the recipe or the formula for a great project description. All right, so let's do a little fill in the blank exercise. Uh, how would you complete the following sentence? The best written crowdfunding descriptions all blank. Communicate value. 
all too often when we're, we're launching a campaign or a new product, we think me, me, me. We think I want people to buy this. I think this is a great product. People should give me funding. You have to put yourselves in the shoes of the other person and you have to communicate value that they care about. Right. So this is going to make you sleep with ease. This is gonna make you stand up straighter and have more confidence. This is gonna be a fun adventure to play. You have to communicate value. Yeah, that was great. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that you said that jumped out at me. I mean, a few things. Discussing what the results will be, I think, is is really important. Uh, communicating value that they'll care about by putting yourself in the shoes of the other person, I think that's just huge. Um, and, and all the while, keeping it simple. And, and for the students listening, these are these are things that you should definitely keep in mind keep now and throughout your entire career because they're strategies – that transfer to a lot of things. I mean, for example, when you're looking for a job, put yourself in the shoes of the hiring manager or the recruiter and consider the things that the company needs and cares about and how you can fill that gap. I mean, let's take PepsiCo, for example. One of the things that they focus on and they care a lot about is sustainability. Now, that may be a passion or an interest of yours, and you might have even been involved in some successful sustainability project or initiative. And, and have approaches that you used that have been really effective. Obviously, you want to talk about those approaches and how they could potentially be applied to PepsiCo, how PepsiCo might use them. That, because that's, that's doing what Sal recommends. I mean, you're putting yourself in their shoes and communicating value that they're going to care about. Um, okay, Sal, so let's move on to the visuals used for crowdfunding campaigns. Specifically, I want to talk about static visuals, not videos because we're going to get to them in a bit. Now, I, I think this is important for college students as well to hear about and learn about because those headlines and those written descriptions that they create for professional networking sites or outreaches to potential employers or even ideas that they create could always be taken to the next level with visuals. Now, I think, I think it seems obvious that static visuals can help make a crowdfunding campaign even more effective, but maybe you could tell us some of the advice that you give to people when it comes to the visuals they sh they use or should use and of course you know feel free to give us some examples of of campaigns that used visuals in a, in a really effective way visuals are incredibly important honestly the, the human brain is more wired to pay attention to visual images than anything else and we know that from incredibly popular services like youtube instagram facebook it's all about visuals because that's what commands attention that's what also people look to first you don't look to text first when you're reading through a campaign page you go immediately to the visuals so a great rule of thumb here is that um, a lot of the times creators will actually make the mistake of featuring their product too much when it comes to the visuals because they've, they've fallen in love with this product that they've been making all their lives. But actually what you want to do, sort of the, the secret sauce is you want to show people wearing your product or using your product or enjoying your product in some way. Uh, one example here is the Hupnose campaign, the self-learning sleep mask to stop snoring. Guys raised over $77,000 on Indiegogo. The first visual they have is someone wearing this mask, sleeping peacefully in bed right. uh, with their phone and their app open that's basically monitoring their sleeping and their snoring. Or another example, the Diana Instant Square Camera, a Kickstarter campaign that, that raised over uh, $280,000. They show people taking photos with this camera. They show people holding this camera, enjoying the camera. It's important to obviously get into the features and to the diagram and the functionality of the product and have really neat visuals for that. Things like GIFs, which are kind of like moving images. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, just altogether all high quality images, short videos. Those are all great things. Having testimonials, which are also images that you can plug into the campaign. Those are all really important and they really build the credibility behind the project. Uh, but what the visuals do with showcasing people using the product is it really heightens those emotions and it gets someone thinking about, wow, yeah, that looks really fun. Or this person looks like me. I would be willing to use this product. This person looks like me They and, and they're enjoying the product. Obviously, I might. Uh, so, so the first thing is show people using the product. Number two is in order to build more credibility, you have to get into the specifications. You have to get into what the product looks like with different angles. If you ever see an Apple commercial, they're really great at, at showcasing the design and the hard work. And third is you want to use different types of mediums. So you don't want to just have images. You also want to have GIFs and videos and, if possible, show different reward tiers, which are a key part of crowdfunding. And you'll see that this is a hallmark, whether that's the Better Back campaign, which raised over a million dollars showing the before and after using their product. The Posture Keeper, one of the, the people that I worked with that I mentored, um, they raised over $65,000, again, showing the before and after the results of the product and people using it. That is really the cornerstone when it comes to the visuals for a campaign. Oh, man, I love that. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I especially love this whole strategy of showcasing people using the product in relevant situations i mean the you know no one's better than that than the marketers at pepsico i mean just watch it watch a pepsi commercial and you'll see people enjoying their products in real life situations um just to kind of hammer home that point a little bit and and, and obviously it's this is a um, a great strategy for those of you who are listening who are considering um marketing roles you know to keep in mind um but beyond that, it's a strategy that can be used by those of you who might even, you know, who might have an idea for a product or a service or a company that you want to start up. Um, I even think you could apply this to networking and your job site, your job search. You know, for example, mo most online networking and job sites have a space to include your photo, right? And and it would make sense to feature a photo of yourself in a setting that's relevant to your professional interests. So if you're if you're interested in emerging tech like let's say AI, include a photo of yourself working in an AI lab, right? And um, Sal also mentioned how some crowdfunding campaigns turn customer testimonials into visuals that that they feature. Um, it made me think of how a how a reference you could actually reinvent the reference on a resume um, by making it look you know, just a lot more visually interesting. So I think there's a lot from a crowdfunding campaign in the way of those static visuals that could be a, that could be applied um, that you guys um, who are listening could actually apply. Um, all right, Sal, so let's move on to what I'm sure is most people's favorite part of a crowdfunding campaign, uh, which is the pitch video and all the things that go into creating one that's, that's really effective. Now, uh, again, I think it's a, a really interesting topic for the students who are listening to consider because vi videos are being used just about everywhere these days. I mean, it, it, in, in, including places and in ways that they really need to get comfortable with, like on sites like LinkedIn, Right where people um, promote themselves and their projects, um, video resumes are becoming really popular because uh, companies would rather hear and see candidates, you know, talk about themselves versus just you know read about them on on you know a sheet of paper or on their computer. Um, so so let's get to it. You know, when it comes to crowdfunding videos, right? Uh, you know, how important are they? 
is there a checklist of must-haves that you would advise people that they, you know, to, to consider? Um, how do you determine the tone? How do you determine the look and the feel? Um, who should be in the video, right? Should it be the creator? Should it be an actor? Um, what about the length of the video? How long should it, you know, how long is too long? Um, as always, you know, some examples to bring it to life would be great. So the first thing is, in order to maintain attention, you have to have a short, spicy video. Um, and by spicy, I mean it has to have lots of different B-roll footage. It has to be fast-moving. It has to be emotionally engaging. And we'll get into story and all of that in just a second. But uh, in order to have a short video, I would say three to four minutes max. Uh, I usually recommend creators. 2.5 to three minutes is usually a sweet spot. It's okay to make a longer video, but it is definitely not the norm just because it's so hard to maintain attention over more than a three minute time span. You don't have enough B-roll footage. You don't have enough things to say to keep the viewer interested. Um, so three minutes is, is a sweet spot there. Hmm. The other thing is when, when it comes to your story, and, and this is really where storytelling plays a massive role. Um, storytelling in terms of who is it that's going to use this product? How are they going to use this? And also, how is it going to fit into their lives? Right. So maybe this product is a bag, a travel bag that someone's using and creating, and they're using this product when they go on vacation with their family or with their buddies um, from college or, or whoever, they're with their friends, and they're having great memories and experiences, and this bag basically makes it so easy so they don't have to think about organization and, and carrying all these different things on their hiking journeys. So the bag actually plays a central role in order to enable this lifestyle. You're showing people with the video, number one, the types of people that are using the product. Are they young? Are they old? Men, women? Under what sort of context? Are they hiking? Are they at home? Are they on their laptop? Uh, and number two, you're also creating a lot of credibility with the video right. because when people see you on the video talking to them and pitching the story and how passionate you are, it creates a lot of credibility and people can see this is an actual human being behind this project and look into your eyes and get a sense for who you are. Not every video necessarily has a, 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 an actual the creator on the video. Some of them, like the Cthulhu board game, uh, which raised over $2 million on Kickstarter, this is more of a product-centric video. Um, they weren't behind the, the camera in that one, but a lot of the more technology gadgets and gizmos t do tend to have the creator because it, it creates a, a tremendous amount of, of credibility there. Sure. Um, the, other, the last thing I would say with, with the video is that it has to be high quality because when people see a high quality video, they naturally assume the product that you're making is also going to be high quality. Hmm. When we see something that has great B-roll, great color grading, um, really good voiceover, et cetera, we assume that the thing that they're gonna make after that, the money that they're gonna get from crowdfunding, that is also gonna have a high attention to detail and be just a killer product. Hey Sal, you know, like any video, it, for me, if you don't get my attention in about five seconds, it's over. Um, so I'm curious, what are, what are some ways a pitch video can grab people right off the bat? There, there are a few answers to this. So the first one would be, from a more strategic point, um, asking a question. Oh. So you, the, every single product uh, solves a problem that someone experiences in their life. And that person probably has thought about you know, buying different products in order to solve that problem. Maybe some products, products before haven't solved that problem well. You wanna ask a question to get someone thinking about that problem, and it's called a pain point, and to agitate that pain point a little bit. So for example, let, let's talk about um, the one of the Kickstarter campaigns, uh, the, the Better Back Project, Perfect Posture Effortlessly, 
that raised over a million dollars on Kickstarter. What they did was um, the, the woman who filmed this video talking directly to the camera asked the person to think about right now how they're sitting. Are they hunched over? <laughs> right. Are they slouched? How are they sitting right now? I just now? straightened my back. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it draws your attention to the actual problem and whether or not it's solved. And most people, myself included, are like, oh, yeah, I have really bad posture. And then they, they, she gets into, okay, what are the negative effects of bad posture? Have you ever felt lower back pain? By asking questions, you can get someone to think about that pain point and to actually have them in their own mind answer that and then to be open to the possibility of considering to buy whatever it is that you created. I, I would say the last one is um, making sure that you're communicating something to someone that they care about. So not just droning on and on about yourself or joining on and on about the great uh, you know, features of this product and how cool the technology is, but talking about what it can do for someone else. Could you imagine having you know, a 2X in your results when it comes to working out? Could you imagine never having back pain at all again in your life? That kind of huge promise that you're making snags someone's attention, and it makes them almost want to stay around just to find out how you're going to make sure. good on that promise. Wow. Okay. There's there's a lot here to talk about when it comes to video, and I think I think it's all really important, especially since video is becoming more and more popular by the minute, and, and companies are using it. They're, they're they're catching on to this, and they're using it in all different ways. I mean, especially when it comes to attracting talent and and finding talent. Um, some companies are asking candidates to submit video resumes. Others are doing really cool things like hosting video challenges. I mean, take PepsiCo, for example. They recently did a video challenge called Game Changers where students were given a PepsiCo business problem to solve and they were asked to submit a short video with their ideas and solutions. And PepsiCo uses these videos to help them identify potential candidates. So so video is really important. And, and, and one thing, you know, that Sal mentioned that I think is is also important to remember is that is that passion is one hundred percent something people can see, and that doesn't mean you need to be all animated or loud or wild. I mean, genuine passion has just a way of of coming out. So 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 if you're truly passionate about a topic or even an idea. Use video because your passion and excitement will naturally just shine through. Um, I also I also love this idea of starting with a question to grab someone's attention. I mean, I'll go back. I'll go back to the example I used earlier. Imagine a video that opened with a question like, "Are you looking for ways to get your employees comfortable with the with those technology and social media platforms that seem to pop up on a daily basis?" That's the kind of question that could instantly grab the attention of the right company and have them clamoring to hear what you have to say next. I mean, honestly, I, I think there's, there's really a lot to learn about using video effectively from crowdfunding that, that can help you now and, and throughout your whole career. I, I, I even I, I'll recommend this. I, I think spend a little time on some of the crowdfunding sites and watch some of the videos for those products that are getting lots of traction and think about the things that they're doing and create some best practices of your own to use because they're using it really effectively and it really does transfer over. Um, okay, so Sal, so I'm, I'm sure every college student has heard the cliche, if you want something, you need to ask for it. And, and that takes on a whole new meaning in, in, in the real world and the workforce where it's really important to speak up and ask for things. So 
you know, you may need to ask your boss for an opportunity that you want. You may need to ask an employer for a job. Um, now, when it comes to crowdfunding campaigns, everything we've discussed to this point is really done to secure funding for a product or an idea. So when it comes to the section where people need to ask for funding, what are some of the strategies that you recommend people use to be successful? The first strategy is that it depends on who you're asking. So if you're asking family and friends, your ask is gonna look very different than if you're asking a crowd of people who don't know you. So that ask is gonna look more like, um, hey, I've been working on this project for a really long time. This is very important in my life. It would mean so much to me. This is a big deal for me. If you'd be willing to pledge you know, $25, this is an all or nothing campaign. We'll only get the funding if we hit our goal. Um, that ask is gonna be based more in the relationship that you have with that person, that pre-existing relationship, and basically ask them sort of on the, the basis of that, that this is something important for you. So they might not, you know, in the, in the case of back pain, they might not suffer from back pain, but they're willing to support your project because of the relationship that you built with them. Um, another tip that I have there is a lot of the times when you're asking family and friends, um, basically, you're kind of leaving it up, up to them, and that's always a difficult thing because rarely do people follow through. Whenever you have like a balls in your court kind of method, like it'd be great if you did this, or hey, I just launched this campaign, right. people usually aren't going to get around to actually supporting it. But you, if you if you end that with a question, would you be willing to support it, or can, would you be willing to help out with this, or can I count on you? Question mark. That sort of is a little bit more tension building for you, a little bit more anxious and nervous, but you're more likely to get a yes or a no, and that's actually something that, that you can work with there. When it comes to asking um, you know, larger networks, a crowd of people, or you know, larger groups of people on a Kickstarter, uh, in the marketplace, or on Indiegogo, you never wanna make it about you. You never wanna make it about, hey, I need this funding, or hey, I want this product to exist, or hey, give me your money, because I need it. You, know? you never wanna have this knee-centric, uh, pleading energy about you because people get really turned off by that because it's really self-centered. Instead, you want to talk about, yes, I need this funding, but here's why. Here's what I want to do for you with this money. Here's what I want to create for you and all the amazing benefits that you're going to get as a result of this. Always be talking about why this is a good thing for someone else. So maybe saying, um, we need funding to create this really great posture keeper because it's going to eliminate back pain for you. It's going to make it so that you're no longer having to um, you know, shuffle down the street because you have such bad lower back pain. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, I think this is, this is an interesting one because I, I, I think we, we all find it a little uncomfortable to ask for help. Or in the case of, of creating a crowdfunding campaign, you know, asking for funding. So I, I like some of those strategies that, that, that you discussed. I mean, like ending with a direct ask, you know, like would you be able to – would you be willing to fund this or explaining how uh, the funding will benefit more people. Um, and I actually feel like these are great strategies for the, for the, the college students who are listening um, for you guys to keep in mind – you know, keep in your back pocket you know, now and, and really for the rest of your career. I mean, look, at some point, you'll be pitching your ideas and, and talking about how they'll benefit the greater good or a larger audience could really help frame them for, um, for a client or a team or whoever you're trying to, um, whoever you're trying to sell them to. Um, this idea, this would you be willing to strategy, I think could be applied to a lot, a lot of things as well. I mean, would you be willing to meet with me to discuss job opportunities? Would you be willing to introduce me to a contact? Um, so I think there's a lot of, I love that, that language and I think it could be really helpful. 
All right. Well, this was, this was really great. And I, I want to thank Sal for all his insights and all the information that he provided. And for you students out there, you may, you may have wondered if we could actually find some skill building strategies from crowdfunding that you could use. But I'm hoping that we showed you that it's possible and armed you with approaches that you'll consider using when you're looking for a job, when you get out into the workforce, maybe even across your entire career. And, and remember, when you're looking for inspiration, don't limit yourself to those expected sources. Do what we did here and consider unexpected sources as well. This is something, like I mentioned, that PepsiCo does to infuse diversity of thought, to spur innovation, create new products, even build employee skills. And we wanted to give you the opportunity to experience that through this podcast. And of course, if you want to be part of a culture like that, you should check with your career center to see if or when PepsiCo will be on your campus, maybe in a classroom or at a, at a career fair or even partnering with a student organization. And definitely check out opportunities at pepsicojobs.com. And when you apply, be sure to indicate that you heard about the opportunities through this podcast series. Thanks so much for listening.